The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. You got it to write about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I'd be like, no, fire me. <laughs> like that. Like that is if you're People Magazine yeah. or national Enquirer and all those places blogs tms cool do what you got to do i get it but like i'm not writing about travis and, and taylor so i kind of would have felt like that too but at some point you just surrender to it you're just like this is the big dominant story travis kelsey is drawing more media members I at his podium than there, anybody yeah. than mahomes or anybody else and you like to resist it is kind of like, you know, there's no point. So I wrote a whole column about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift yesterday. And it I was like, the big numbers. There's, there, well, yeah, but I want to do a good job on it. I want to write well. I want to do a great, I want to write a great column on it. And it's like, if you're hating it the whole way and hating that you have to do it the whole way, it's, you're not going to do very well. You're better off to just embrace it and be like, all right, this is the big deal. Let's just get into it and do it. No, so that's I, what I, did. I, I get that. I get that. I know we live in the age, unfortunately, where people, writers, good journalists have to think about, all right, well, what's going to get traffic? And I know editors and higher ups, they're like, all right, yeah. what gets traffic? And if you know damn well that Travis and Taylor are going to get traffic, Big dog. I'm sorry, but we got to do. I'm I'm sure that's some of the thinking behind it. I don't really think like that. I just more. I was on board with the idea of writing about it because it's just such a big story. And love it or hate it. And a lot of people hate it. It has taken over the NFL this season. It's going to be a huge part of watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. Like if you're going to write about it, just get into it. Just, just yeah. stop. I can't be dragging my heels and be like, I don't want to do this or whatever. On the plus side, this is the first assignment I have probably ever had that my kids thought was cool. My daughters are into this. They're like, oh, finally, dad's doing, you know, work that matters. Writing about Travis and Taylor. Fair. That column that I wrote on them might be the first one that I, I've written since I started covering the Bears that Grace has ever read. And but 
I get you. In fairness, they also weren't old enough when you first got here to like be able to just sit down and well, maybe your girls were. But like to hold their interests. They have never cared ever. Um, and granted, yes, they were younger, but they're not they're just not that into sports. They're definitely not into football. But uh, when I was covering the heat, Grace was probably like three or four. So clearly, like had no concept that this was right. one of those teams. That this is a team and you don't get one of these teams necessarily in sports every year. Like the Chiefs are kind of that team a little bit with the dynasty. But, um, you know, to have the big three like that. And there's some event that the Heat do every year where it's family fest. It's this thing where they throw uh, like a carnival basically in like toward the end of the season and all the players bring their families and all the staff that work for the Miami heat, bring their families and they invite the media and say, you can come to this and cover it. And it's okay. Like bring your families. And it's almost like a miniature taste of Chicago. They've got all these food trucks out. They've got carnival rides. They've got face painting. They got games. It's a really fun event. They just go all out on this. You also are going to report from it. This is a chance to get to talk to whoever, Mm-hmm. Um, but you got your family around and everything. And I, one of those years when they had the big three, I interviewed, I was interviewing, I think Dwayne Wade. Yeah, it was Dwayne Wade with Grace, like little three-year-old Grace on my shoulders, holding the tape recorder while I was asking him questions. And I think that's awesome. I think that's amazing. But Grace just had no concept of it at the time. And if I told her that story now, I wouldn't care either. See, that's an awesome story. I would also be scared out of my mind that she might hit stop <laughs> up up there. You you don't know if you go back to nah, listen. See, see, you don't know you don't know Grace at age three. Grace at age three is like you know she could have she could have held a conversation with you right now. Well Grace aware three, of all right. The only the, the only difference between Grace at three and Grace at twelve is that she was shorter back then. It's not even my bet, but I don't want to. Leslie, <laughs> are you back there trying to tidy up? I don't want it looking all sloppy. <laughs> you know what's funny? Yeah. As soon as you look at Cam, Cam yeah. definitely turned around like, let me see what my, uh, my bed definitely looks sloppy. I have not made the bed whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to be judged, but we're just two different people, you know? I was just scrambling to do it, Cam. I was just scrambling to clean up the hotel bed behind me. So it didn't I look saw sloppy. You, that's what caused me to look. But then I also thought I'm not going to go make that bed. So we're <laughs> just going to have to live with it. Then we, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not judging, Cam. You out there grinding <laughs> away. Grinding away. Um, Kim, you didn't I, have housekeeping take care of your room this morning, Kim? Apparently not. I, I was, So I hosted Good Morning Football this morning. I came back in at the hotel at 1030, and it wasn't done yet. And so um, I don't know. I guess uh, I missed the window. Wow. I'll have to. That's, I'll, that's what I'll you got to go down there. Uh, excuse yeah, me. I'll leave out after we finish, and I'll tell them to do, uh, do upkeep. But, no, they did not come by. I usually don't have my room cleaned. I really don't. Like, I, it's not that messy to begin with, and I don't need someone to. I, it, usually, all I need is just like some fresh towels. Yeah, and I can just ask for that just in the hallway. Just hey, can I get a couple of towels? And I'm good. I really don't need more than that. But we got everybody is scattered today, Russ. Like, I'm in my hotel in Vegas, which I, I can't wait to tell you about. Um, you're in Chicago at your condo. Yeah. And Cam Wolf is in New York City, I believe, right? Yep, yep, I'm in New York City. Okay. Well, yeah. Here's something else. Country. Yeah. 
And Tony Gill is out, our producer. You've met Tony before. He's uh, he's out sick today. But um, I was thinking the other day, like in my hotel room, I had an empty water bottle. And you can see my room right now behind me. I threw it. I was sitting up at the top of the bed, like by the pillows. I threw it, the empty water bottle, crushed and everything. So like misshapen and not aerodynamic at all. Threw it from there into the trash can across the room. And I felt, and I realized like that's one of the most satisfying feelings you can have is when you throw something in the trash from far away and you yeah. nail it. Yeah. I spent most of my childhood, I feel like, uh, just trying to shoot things in the bucket, yelling like Kobe. That's and, what I was going to say. Did you say Kobe when, when it went yeah, in? Yeah. Like, that's what you Raindrop. <laughs> but it's not only you shoot it, you got to hold it too. Yeah. You, you got to hold know. it. You got to know. It can't like be locked into. No. You got to know coming off the wrist, like, that's it. Nah, that's good. Yeah. It's yeah, good. That's cool. yeah. Yeah. Mine is the uh mine is a fist pump like this. Just one quick hard, you know, that's it. You're, you're such a dad, bro. Yeah, that is a dad. That's definitely. I'm a dad and I wouldn't even go with that. <laughs> right. I I walk around my house doing that. I did it after I threw the water bottle in the in the garbage. All, you know what we have in our basement all the time is uh we have our washer and dryer down there. And you know those little dryer balls? Yeah. You guys use those? Yeah, yeah, these are sophisticated men of the world. Uh, those end up just kind of all over the basement for some reason. Okay. So I will practice throwing them. And you have to throw sometimes different angles or whatever. I'll practice throwing them from across the basement into the dryer. And man, when I make one, it's like, yes, Tiger Woods. Like Tiger Woods fist bump. Yes. Let's see, see it again. My bag. Let's see it again. Yes. <laughs> now, conversely. <laughs> Why do you though, say yes like that? The worst feeling in the world is when you miss throwing something in the trash from very close range. Yeah. And you Which happens. Like saw it. Yeah, right. You got to be, oh, yeah. Then you're really like fumbling all over the place. Right. There can't be many things harder to throw into a trash can accurately than an empty, crushed up water bottle. That's like wiffle ball. You have no idea where that's going to go. Now I'm looking. I've got a water bottle right here. I'm trying to figure out where I can. No, nah, you, you got to yeah. make sure there's at least a little bit of water down there so you could like have some weight behind it. Right. Empty, <laughs> empty is no go because it'll be veer off course. Yeah. I'm telling you, I nailed it. Very pleased. We ain't, we, ain't, we ain't got the footage. We I don't believe you. The truth is I could have just thrown it in the hallway um, because I'm in Vegas covering the Super Bowl and I'm staying at the Tropicana, which have you guys heard of that before? No, I have. Have. It's that's not, where it's the, not, the ace uh stadium, if they ever move, is supposed to go. And that's the problem. So they are going to tear down the Tropicana, which is at the south end of the strip. And the Tropicana is um fine, I would say. I stayed here a bunch because I've covered uh, football games here. I used to cover NBA Summer League here every year. Um, it's fine. It's very uh like what you would imagine a newspaper columnist staying at. It is in a good location and it's decently affordable and it's part of a chain. So you can get points for it. That pretty much checks all the, you know, sports writer boxes typically, but they are tearing this place down. Russ, as you mentioned, this is the place they're tearing down for the A's ballpark, Kim. And as part of that, they're shutting down the hotel April 2nd. Mm. And buddy, it shows like it's got major. Damn. It's it got exactly that vibe to it of like we're just we're just here so we don't get fined. <laughs> we're just here for the last two months. Uh I I I like 
it rained here the first two days I was in Vegas, which I'd never seen before. It was just pouring rain for two days out here in Vegas and cold. And walking through the lobby of the hotel, it was drip. There was one spot where it was dripping through the ceiling, like a piece of drywall from the ceiling had fallen. You could see a chunk of it on the carpet and the water was dripping down onto it. And there was nothing. There was no bucket. There was no sign. There was no anything like the place is all scuffed up, like every room, uh, you know, the lamps and stuff, just basic stuff that would normally get replaced at a hotel is not getting replaced. And like my room key, my my room key has failed to work like five times in the first two days because mm-hmm. they don't have digital key. I just picture Hilton calling these guys like last year and being like, hey, we're going to come in and install the digital key system uh, so you can be like every other hotel we own. And they're just like, nah, we're good. We got senior. Nah, we, we're about to be on summer break forever. So I had to call and they have a security guard come up and they're like, we'll, we'll send a security guard up. He'll let you in. No big deal. And I was talking to the guy and I was like, man, this place really feels like it's shutting down. He's like, yeah, I'm just hanging on until I get that money because they're all getting like $2,000 for every year they've worked there when the place shuts down. Okay. And like it's uh, it's got it's it's got major. Uh, we're just about done here vibes. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yes. That's We're, so we've all been on beats before and stayed at hella hotels. Yes. But it's just like that I, my standard is so like where I lay my head is very important to me. Like yeah. I'm not just going to stay at like I would have seen that and said, you know, I know it's Super Bowl week, but I'll go stay an hour away yeah. just so I don't have to <laughs> lay my head here. I'm I'm with you there. I've become like I, I see Jason. You're bougie about airlines. I've become bougie yeah. about hotels, right? And my wife gets on me about this. Like I'll come back and complain about the littlest things, like you know they they didn't have an iron, right? Like what kind of hotel doesn't have an iron? I need that essential to be able to get my and like it bothered me so much. I'm like I'm never gonna book a hotel there again. Like I have hotels for sure in cities that I've like xed out. Like I will never stay there. You know, I walk like I'll just keep it real. There's one there's one hotel in Jacksonville. I won't name which one, but I walked down there and it was in the lobby and there was a lot of people out there. It was late at night. It was a lot of people out there that didn't look like they welcome my kind of people there. And so it was just the, yeah. the guest, the guests that were there that day made me X out that hotel. I'm like, I'm never going back. Not the I'm clan hotel. Back. That's great. It might have just been the rough or rough, like, you know, it was just the, the guest that day. But because of that, they're X'd out on my list. Um, There's parts of Jacksonville that can be like that. Yeah. And so and so one other it's funny. Um, I screwed up one time where I was like, I don't know if you guys get it for your uh, your credit card. Sometimes you get like a. I know I got a chase card where they say, hey, I get notifications for offers. And I think yeah. one time it popped up like, hey, if you if you uh, if you spend if you go to like a residence and I can't remember what hotel like our Aloft or whatever it is, we'll give you 20 percent back of whatever you spent. Right. Yeah. So the yeah way I know what you're talking about. In our company, we pay for everything on our base card and then they refund us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, OK, man, I'm staying at this hotel for like four or five nights. You know, if I do this, like it wasn't the hotel I was going to stay at initially. But if I stay here, I'm spending like a thousand dollars here. That's like that's like 200 bucks back in my pocket that I would not. Yeah. Have. And I'm so not turning that down. I'm going to stay here. Awful hotel, awful decision. And I almost was about to end like, like, please take the 200 bucks back so that I could have stayed at a hotel that I actually 
uh, wish I, I, I wanted to be in, you know? And so you learn lessons. Now I do not know, no, I skimp out on my choice of hotels. I think between the three of us, we've probably stayed at most of the hotels in the continental United States. Oh my God. And Hawaii. Especially like in, in, yes. in like sports cities, like the main sports cities, yes, for sure. It's weird because yeah, you, you got could... basketball and football covered. Cam, you've gotten football covered. Yep. And I've gotten all the baseball cities. So yeah, I yep. think we're we're good now. Yeah. Yeah. Cam, you, along probably the... could, you probably could describe a hotel by its area, and we could probably say, Oh, yeah, that's the uh that's the that's the Marriott that's over yeah. there by the uh by the Cub Stadium or whatever. Like know? Cleveland. Not not you know the greatest city to stay in right. if you are you know just looking for the nicest hotels all the time. No. Uh, Detroit is a decent city. You just got to know which hotel to stay at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milwaukee, very underrated city, has some nice hotels there. Like there, Green Bay, shitty city. Sorry, <laughs> it is what it is. You have that right. many hotel options. Like Jason yeah. doesn't stay like what the Hilton Garden Inn for like five hundred dollars a night. Yeah, the, no. I was up there, Cam. Uh, you can never stay in Green Bay to cover a game. No, like, the like price is way too high, or something yeah. like that. Like I think the last time I covered a game, I just stayed in Milwaukee and made the draw. But I went <laughs> the last time the Bears played up there. I, they sent me up midweek to do a story on Jordan Love, and I stayed where you could see Lambeau Field for like ninety bucks. Wow! And then, but then coming, if I had wanted that same hotel for the game week for like Sunday or something like that, it would have been three or four hundred minimum, probably more. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, a lesson that you need to learn about hotel travel, Kim. Uh, I love you. I want you to know this. When you have been out of town for work for five days, 10 days, and your wife has been home every day taking care of Layla and everything else. Yep. She doesn't really want you to come home and talk about how the pillows were a little bit lumpy <laughs> and how hard your week was. Well, who else am I going to complain to? Well, you can tell me. You can tell me and Russ. Like we get it, but your wife doesn't want to hear that. My wife does not want to hear that. Like the uh, the 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 person at the front desk was a little bit snippy to me. She's not interested in that after ten days. Well, so I should tell you guys here because I was going to complain to her about it. The the water pressure in this hotel is not quite quite what I would like. Um, oddly enough, I don't know. I'm a big water pressure guy. I like it. Hot. Oh yeah, I like it very hot and strong. This yes. hotel is the only hotel I can remember staying at um, where it gets hotter as time goes on. You know, okay. usually showers are the reverse. You can only be there for a certain amount of time, and then it's going to start to turn cold. The shower was lukewarm when I first got on, and I was, like, annoyed to the fact I was going to have to take a really short shower. And as time went on, it started to get more and more pleasant. And by the end, it was, like, peak temperature, but I'm already done. And so I'm like, what am I going to do here? Like, I'm not just going to stand in the shower for the next five or 10 minutes just to, you know, <laughs> just to soak up more time. And that's not what you got to, you got to cut that joint off like five minutes before now I know. the music right. you're going to play. Exactly. Now <laughs> I know in there. I'm going to let it run. Like I grew up in a household where my mom saying, you know, don't let that water run. Like what, what are we doing? Same. Like, Same. So I, I probably continue to do that throughout my life. I would never just let a, a shower run for 10 minutes before I hop in. But now I've got to because I refuse to just have lukewarm showers the rest of the week. My parents made us set a timer, Russ. Five minutes. You got a five-minute shower. You had to get permission to be taking a shower longer than five minutes. Now, granted, we had five people in the house. So if everybody's got to get a shower and you're worried about hot water, that could be a factor. 
that's wild now because if I get the jams on, yeah, and Spotify knows me at this point, the algorithm gonna be hidden, right? <laughs> so I might be in there a good 10 15 before I'm like, all right, I think it's about time to wind down. Yeah. That's one of the things I've enjoyed about this hotel, even though it is like failing. It's it's at the end. This is these are the final days of these are literally the final days. The last of the Tropicana, days. The Tropicana Hotel is the uh, the shower is kind of old, and I don't think it's supposed to work like this, but it blasts hot water, and with such pressure, like as as much as you could possibly take, Kim. Yeah, and I'm like, that's perfect. Give me that everywhere, <laughs> all the time. Love it. I, I think like. The biggest make or break for a hotel has got to be the pillow. Yeah. yeah. I don't bring my pillow with me, but I've thought about it because a couple of times, I mean, you get in, you get to one of these hotels and the pillows aren't good. Yeah. Like, then, then you're not going to sleep well. Hard, you know. You can't um, do that, dog. You want you don't have enough space usually in your luggage to carry a I know. pillow. And I know. But also, I think that goes with the knowing the hotels at this point in life where I know yeah. certain chains of Mary because I'm a Marriott guy. Certain mm-hmm. chains of Marriott hotels don't have the pillows that I like, right? So I love a good Westin hotel. I love yes. a Westin, right? Yes. Westin has the great pillows, great beds, always yeah. very nice, great amenities. Love the Westin. I like the Renaissance too if I'm in certain cities, but I know the Renaissance, they got the soft, smushy pillow. Mm. Soft, smushy pillow, you got to stack them joints, right? <laughs> to get a yeah. good night's sleep. So you learn some of these things. The smushy pillow is actually worse than the lumpy pillow. I'll, I'll tell you yeah. that. Absolutely. I'm with you. Because you feel like you want to use more, but then you're more uncomfortable. Right? Then you're yeah, that's, like, that's not right. the right position. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I have a hard enough time finding a good pillow in my own house and getting set up. I have my Sheets and Giggles pillow now, which I love. But again, to your point, Russ, like I can't put that in my suitcase. I don't have room, especially when I'm on like an eight-day trip or whatever this is. Like I can't do that. Got to conserve that space. Yeah. yeah. Let's start the show. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey. Russell Robert Dorsey. What's going on, man? What's up? How are you? And we have, we have one of my favorite people in the world joining us today, Cameron Wolf from NFL Network, coming to us live from New York City. Appreciate you, man. That's a great intro. I, I enjoy you plenty as well. I, I was sad not to see you out here in Vegas. I know. I'm sad not. To, I'm sad not to see you too. I have FOMO. Uh, someone asked me this earlier on set. Um, I have FOMO missing Super Bowls for sure. Uh, I I would love to be at every Super Bowl. Didn't work out this way for my job purposes. They asked me to host GMFB instead. You know, it is what it is, right? Um, but I will tell you this: I am a lot more at peace not being at the Super Bowl uh, as far as just like the work schedule. Uh, yeah, like. Like I'm sure people at home probably don't care. Oh, they do not want to hear you complain about how hard right. it is to cover the Super Bowl. Exactly. But I do, I do, because I'm about to do it with you. Go ahead. <laughs> it's it's such a, a tedious job, so that like at some point you don't really enjoy the week. You just are more like I'm glad it's over, sort of thing. Like there's so many people, so long of days. Um, it's just constant, and so I do feel freer. I haven't covered Super Bowl since 2020. It's been a while. So I miss being at the most important game of our industry. Um, but I do feel freer this week. Like I, I did the show from seven to 10 and I have nothing um, like work-wise set on my schedule. Like I've got some other things, you know, as far as being in New York, meeting up with some people, but as far as like writing stories, doing TV, 
I'm I'm fairly clear. And last week I was doing the Pro Bowl, very relaxed setting. And so that would not be the case if I was uh, in in Vegas. I know some of my colleagues woke up three o'clock local time and were doing TV starting at 3 a.m. in Vegas and maybe going until 6 or 7 p.m. tonight. So like that, that's a lot. Chiefs access, Russ, is every day at 8 a.m. Pacific. And they're out in Lake Las Vegas at the Westin. Yep. Like that's yeah. half hour plus outside of town. So you're up early. Cam, I feel so understood when you say that because there is nowhere else where you could complain about covering the Super Bowl and people will be <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that sounds hard. This is like everybody's dream. And the yeah. truth is I would never turn down the assignment and neither would you. No, it's, one of these things, it's one of these things where – you don't want to ever be left out of it. You want and you want to cover it. Yes. But I'm telling you, man, it is the fullest, hardest work week of the year easily. Mm-hmm. It is like 16 hour days for eight or nine days. It is not like going around to parties and laying on the beach if it's in Miami or whatever. Like, and the I mean the game is work, everything, it's all work. And it, yeah. it's enjoyable work. I would rather do this than be working in a factory or working construction or something. This is more what I want to be doing. And I don't want to be left out of this huge event, but it, this is not a vacation. No, this is, this is the, this is the one work trip I go on where it's like, I might be almost doing as much work as my wife is this week. (laughs) Almost. I can't like I've, I've done, you've probably done more, but I've done three Super Bowls throughout my career. And I can't remember a single social thing I've done any of those three Super I'm sure there was something I did that was notable, but nothing that I can remember. I can remember the long nights, the stories I've written, the people I've had to chase down. But I can't yeah. remember a single, you know, oh, you know, I partied like this or I, you know, no. drank with this person. Or, it's just not enough time. I've maybe had dinner with somebody like friends and stuff, but no, not nothing like what you're describing. Go ahead, Russ. So for you guys are describing the biggest sporting event in sports, which is the Super yeah. Bowl. And Jason, we were talking before Cam Cam came on here about how you have to cover with Bears angles all week. Because I thought you were going to leave after like a Thursday or Friday, but you're like, I'm here through the whole shebang and bang. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what outlets around the country do is this is this event. It doesn't matter who's in it. This is the sports event. So whether you live in Detroit or Chicago or Nashville, like this is the big sports event of your week. So if you're the newspaper in Baltimore or Miami or Chicago or Denver, you've got somebody here kind of covering this through your audience's lens. And I, I, I feel Cam on the, the FOMO part. One, because you have friends in the business that you don't get to see very often. And you get to see yep. them at these big tentpole landmark yep. events. Like, yes. Oh, my people going to be there. Yes. And then I'm not going to be able to see them. But there's also for me, and this is maybe me being at the point in my career where I, I'm still trying to, get out here and grind out where I'm like, damn, I got 10 sources I could see out there. Yeah. I got 10 players I could see out there. That's my man. We talk, chop it up about some things. And I hate that to feel like I'm falling behind professionally yes. if I don't get out there. Yes. And that that's a very real point of it. Like whether it's like professional development, the people that you meet that could lead to future opportunities, whether it's your current job and the sources, there's so much in that perspective that you feel like you're missing. Um, like my, the most annoying thing for me, and I get it, I understand it. There's not, not really a way around it. Um, but it happened to me again this week. Like, so for perspective for NFL network, a lot of times we are chosen to go cover a team 
um, for the playoff run. Like, so for mm-hmm. me, I was chosen to be on the Bills. And so the way it works for us, as far as our core reporters, whoever, if you're covering the team that gets at least to the championship round, then you go to the Super Bowl. Whether your team oh, okay. loses, they send you there. So and the so, Bills were like your lottery ticket then. Yeah, for- ticket, right. And so, and so I, one okay. of the teams would have made it that obviously I could have gone to but I think there since Jacksonville got eliminated um Miami got eliminated in, in the first game it was pretty much bills or bust for me and so I'm riding the bills and they were favorites in the Chiefs game <laughs> like everyone else they Patrick Mahomes you know crushed their dreams and mm-hmm. and it he did mine as well and so like <laughs> I, no one else really knows that they just see hey you're you're with NFL Network you work a ton. like you should be at the Super Bowl there's just the assumption and so my this there here comes my least favorite thing. I've had probably 50 texts this week of people. When are you getting into Vegas? Do you want to do dinner? Are you are you bringing your golf clubs to Vegas? Like, are you doing this? What should we do? And every single one of them, I got to sell them. No, I got to explain why. And it's just a never like that brings the FOMO back more because every single person, you whether it's a, a friend, whether it's a contact, whether it's a coach, um, a player, they're, like I got at a player this morning is like, hey man, let's link up. I'm in Vegas. I'm not, and so that part of it, along with obviously like you were talking about knowing what you're missing, to me is probably the worst part of it. And so I try to find the constellation of things I mentioned. Like the week is going to be hard anyway, Cam. You'll be good. You know, you get to enjoy the game on Sunday and actually drink. Unlike other folks, these are still constellations because I won't be at the big game. I, I don't want to text anyone like you to ask them if they're going to be out because I don't want to make you feel like that. <laughs> that's what I was like, there's nothing you can do because these people are probably trying to connect with you. And that's the way you connect with people to text them. Hey, where are you going to be at? What are you doing? Um, but I also am not going to be on, you know, put a big statement up on my social media. Hey, man, I'm not <laughs> going to be at the Super Bowl. Don't ask. Like, I, I want to I want to eliminate that point as much as possible. I just want to keep on going. Forward. So every year I'm not there. I just have to, you know, take it how it is and just respond to the text and just kind of keep it pushing. So there's there's one thing. I know we got to get to the ad reads, but I'll let you do the ad reads and I'll get to it. Go ahead. All right. Sports Jason is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Uh, hit up their Valentine's sale. You still have time to do that. Cam, you should write this down, man, while you've been out of town. And we've been talking about betting. This would be a good good move for you, sir. Okay. Uh, so you go on Sheets and Giggles and they're offering this great deal for Valentine's Day. Buy a new mattress, you get 14% off and you get any other two items free. Go to SheetsGiggles.com slash SA. So you can buy the mattress, get a good discount, and then use the two free items to outfit your bed with some great 100% eucalyptus sheets. Promo code is threesome. Mm. So, you know, that's what the promo code is. That's probably not what, you know, a family man, Cameron Wolf is buying yeah. this for, but... Yeah, that's the promo do. code you got to use. Yeah. Valentine's Sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Definitely hey, a promo code for men, huh? Easy to remember. <laughs> I don't know. You never know, man. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> We're also brought to you by BetMGM. Go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer. Your first bet with them gets paid back up to $1,500 in free future betting credits if you don't win. Use promo code ADJACENT1000. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, you can still place plenty of bets on the Super Bowl. Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks. books. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great. But having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code staple so I was going to say for Cam, I, I, I feel everything you said. One thing that you are not missing out on and I hate from afar, Jason, you were involved in it, is Super Bowl Media Day. Mm-hmm. Because I know how I get when I'm just like, all right, I got to work, right? I can't be in here messing around yep. with TMZ and Big Dog from Jimmy Kimmel. And, <laughs> and you know what? You you. You don't even worry about it with the kids. The kids ask questions. That's fine. Like I, I get that. Like that's cool. But yeah. like all the people magazine and all these people here for Travis and, and Taylor. Like I hate b- the bad, dumb, unrelated questions. Some yeah. are fun and like, but like for the most part, they're all bad. They credential. I mean, everybody. They probably given out a couple thousand credentials this week. Yeah. For y'all having been there and done that. How do you get through that without like just saying, throw your phone in the air and you're like, you know what? I'm going home. So if I remember right, and you, you correct me, you're, you're there currently, Jason. Um, there's a setup. Like, I don't know if people at home like really know the setup here. There's the main quote unquote players, maybe eight yeah. to 10, I don't know, um, on pillars, on podiums. Those are the things you see on TV. Those are the guys that are probably getting the wild interview requests from the people that you mentioned. Right. I avoid the podiums. I spend zero time at the podium, unless I have to. Like, I remember being in Denver. I had to spend a little time at Peyton's podium, right? Other than that, I tried to focus and try to get as many, like, individual conversations. This one I was going for writing, not TV, but conversations with people off of the podium. Because typically people are only doing these things for TV. And so if you don't have a camera in front of you, there's there's probably a lot less of the wild questions. If I was really trying to work, I would focus on the non-podium folks. And then I would also treat the event with the intention of I'm not going to get a lot of stuff out of this. Like I, it's just not going to happen. Whatever I get is gravy. And I'm going to treat the rest of the media week because, um, you know, Jason was just saying 8 a.m. for the chief's availability. You know who's not going to be there at 8 a.m.? Everyone questions they're going to be sleeping after a party night and so you assume that your rest of your week is when the work's going to come in um or you spend time on the off uh camera guys yeah he's exactly right that's exactly what it is and so you go into monday night you need to write something or if you're doing tv you need to have some kind of report but you've got to be realistic about what you're going to get and so a perfect example russ was like one of the things that they wanted me to write this week, even though it has no Chicago angle at all, it doesn't need one. It is the big angle is with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And if I'm going to do that story and be into it, I want to ask some good questions about it. I could not have gotten close enough to throw a water bottle up to Travis Kelsey's podium on Monday night. Wasn't going to happen. 
But the next morning at the team hotel, when they did the availability, I was able to get right in there and ask like four questions about it. It was, it was so much easier. It gets so much easier after that first night. Was he annoyed the second day after all the questions the first day about it? Oh, and that's one of the things I give him a lot of credit for um, is I, I think he gets it. I think he yeah. gets that there's so much interest in this and this is what people are going to ask about. And just from a practical standpoint, the first time that he acts like a jerk about it, it's going to be everywhere. Yep. You know, the first time he's like, stop asking me about this. I don't care about it. That's going to that is going to be bigger than anything he's ever said or done about it. So this he, he's going to be on his ass. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I give him a lot of credit, man, because I think, you know, six, seven years ago when he was doing chasing Kelsey or catching yeah. Kelsey or whatever and stuff like that, like, I don't think you would have pegged Travis Kelsey as someone who could handle all of this very well. And he clearly has. He's like 34 years old. Yeah. He's been in the league for 10 plus years. Like, he doesn't come across as a goof at all while he's dealing with this he seems like someone who's got really good balance and perspective on this and can handle it and understands the public's interest in it and be like he seems comfortable to me i love travis i like i go ahead cam i think the maturity part is a great point like you see guys evolve um because i'm with you i don't think travis three, four years ago might have been mature enough to to go with this rant but like i think he understands the levity of of his celebrity now. Um, and I think he talked about that now. Like being a, a star in Kansas City is different than being Taylor Swift's boyfriend. You know, like the, like every single thing is going to go global no matter what you say. And whether it's his own team's told him that or whether it's Taylor's told him that, he's done a good job of taking every question of like, I'm, I can't blow this off. I can't just do another nothing or, or just, yeah. I can't pull a Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here because I can't get fined because it's going right. to be used against me. So, you know, he may be annoyed. Like, I think there's probably a good chance in his mind. He's like, all right, here we go again. But he does a great job of not showing it. It's almost like a quarterback in that respect of like, I got to compartmentalize and go to my Taylor answer, you know, whenever it pops up. Yeah. I that quote was to a question that I asked him yesterday where I was I wanted to ask good questions because Cam, like we were talking before you came on. Yeah. This probably wouldn't be my first choice of something to write about. I I'm not I don't hate the Kelsey Swift thing. I you, you hate Swift? No, no, I said I don't. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sorry. Please <laughs> not make sure like, they will end this podcast. <laughs> they will end me. They'll end more than this podcast. They will end me. They will come. Well, I'm me. I'm being selfish. Like I'm co-owner of the podcast. So like I'm selfish, but they're yes, they'll end you too. <laughs> it's funny when I said that I saw both your eyes wide. Like <laughs> no, no, no. We don't want anything with the hey, Swifties. Man, her, we don't want anything Beyonce, with Rihanna. The we don't want anything with the Navy. Navy, we don't want that. Nope. No, we yeah. got all our bases covered. Don't we get us into that, Kim? I don't even want to deal with the uh, believers. Like, we're good, man. We're good. Just we're going to do our thing. You do yours. Anybody thing. who has a high, we want no smoke here on the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. But I, but I was asked to write about it this week at some point. And if I'm going to do that, then I want to be all in on it. And I want to do a good job. And I want to really think and put myself there and ask good questions. And I, it's hard to ask good questions when you're in a podium situation, even if you have a good spot in the, at the podium and it's not that many people like it was on media night. But I wanted to know 
would he answer, you know, what have you learned about fame from her? Yep. Because that would be a person, whatever you think of Taylor Swift, I bet she's got some very good insight on what it's like to Absolutely. live that life. And he, and his answer was, I learned that it's a lot, that, that worldwide fame is a lot different than just being famous in Kansas City. Yeah, I, that's a great. So your question, you know, you know how it works on TV. They don't say who asked the question. They just let's see the clip of it. Right. I did yeah. not know that was your question. It was a great question because we got a great response. Because um, I think that it, that perspective is 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 notable. Like I talk to my wife a lot about this because she's she's a lot more knowledgeable about the pop world than I am. Mm-hmm. Really, the world outside of sports. Like a lot of times, we live in a bubble and think that sports is the end all be all. Yeah. But this like, is what it's like for me and my kids. Like, yeah. by the way, this is the first time my kids have thought my work was interesting ever. My daughters are all in on this. They want to know what did he say? What does he look like? Did you get to talk to him? I mean, like a few months ago, one of my kids was like, Dad, have you ever met Travis Kelsey? <laughs> yeah, he's just like a football player that you cover. Wow. <laughs> Like, but like that perspective is great because like I for, I lose it sometimes. Um, I think that Patrick Mahomes got to be one of the most you know popular dudes in the world, and he probably is a blip on the only because he's all only because his wife is friends with Taylor Swift, Kim. That's exactly. the reason why. And so that perspective I think is so key because Travis Kelsey is probably used to the bubble of when I am around football. When I'm at a facility, when I'm at a stadium, when I'm around Chiefs fans in Kansas City, I'm this guy. But he probably can go around before Taylor Swift, regular life, wherever he lives in the offseason, with no worry, with not much mention or not much stopping at the supermarket. Now that's changed everything. And so I think that perspective is different where you feel like you can't go outside and live your life without being, you know, I don't know if harassed the right word or whatever it is. Um, and I think that that perspective is interesting. I can't imagine that part, Cam. Like, I think we take for granted, oh, I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to run a Whole Foods real quick. Yeah. And like, you think of what you put on when you go to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't do it as much as I do. But sometimes I'd be out here bummy, right? Mm-hmm. Curls not yes. right. Yep. Sweats. Yeah. Just throw some Nike slides on because I need to grab some apples or yep. some tortilla chips or something just like trying that. Trying to live your life, man. I can't imagine like let me what fit I'm gonna put on to go to Whole Foods today and then not be able to drive there. And then when I get there, I got ten people outside the car that I don't want to hit them, but I also don't want to sign for them. But I'm gonna have to sign for. I have to take pictures and then I can go in the store. People gonna be looking at me in the store. Then come out the store. Now everybody to call somebody. So there's a hundred people outside now. Uh, outside of the 10 that when you first got there. So that is different. Like I'm not, life isn't over, but it's just like that, that version of your life is a hundred percent over. Yeah. Um, the supermarket thing is a great point. Like I can't remember the last time I put a fit on to go to the supermarket. Right. <laughs> but like the one time you don't is when you're going to be, it's going to be on camera. Like, look at, look at this person. Yep. Like, yep. And, you know, if you say, I your if you don't want to take a picture, somebody's going to video. Oh, look at look at so and so shutting down a kid. Mm. This is a kid, an eight year old kid. He doesn't want to stop and sign the picture. No, man, I'm just trying to grab my my asparagus that I forgot with my dinner and go back home. Um, that that's that's a tough part of life. I think everybody thinks they want that. I, that looks miserable yes. to me. And I just saw this firsthand um, a month or two ago, Cam, 
with, uh, do you know the Hall of Fame baseball player, Frank Thomas? Yes. Yes. From the White Sox. Frank Thomas is, is very recognizable because he's so physically impressive. Mm-hmm. But I was actually on a flight, on the same flight as Frank Thomas. And so I saw him at the Atlanta airport and nobody said a word to him. So he's not like famous nationally or famous globally, but he's very famous in Chicago. And we got off that flight, him and I were walking next to each other down to baggage claim. And it just was constant. It was constant. People trying to take his picture, people yelling things to him. And it was all very nice. But I thought just even that, even Frank Thomas, who is famous locally and is just famous as an athlete and nothing more, not a, not a transcendent pop figure. I thought that sounds miserable. And looking at his face, he didn't look like he liked it. He was being nice to everybody, but he's, he just is a guy just trying to do his thing and just trying to get his bag and get out of here like everybody else. And I mean, just, just imagine like if you're inner, if you're nationally famous or internationally famous, how much more it would be. And I just, that looks very unpleasant to me. Hey, it's a lot of people out here saying no too. <laughs> Don't get it twisted because <laughs> Travis is nice. So to your point, I didn't bring this up when we you talked about this a, a month ago. So I was also on a flight with Frank Thomas and Big Poppy at last year's World Series. And I have been one ups, but no, but I didn't want you to saw be, my Frank Thomas and you raised me a Big Poppy. No, nah, but when you know wow. both, when you know people, like it's not important. But like. It's Frank, it's Poppy at the carousel, and people coming up to Poppy, mm-hmm. right? Ah, oh, Big Poppy, Big Poppy, can I get you? No, nah, man, I can't do that. <laughs> and then just telling people no. <laughs> and it's and he in there with the shades on, not trying to like he and you you know who that is, right? It's not like I got a hoodie up, right. big ass sunglasses, chain, like a, the, the really tight jacket. That's David Ortiz. Uh, but he was he was not for it. He said it's nine o'clock. I'm trying to me and Frank trying to get to the hotel. <laughs> I, I I I I can understand because I'm sure he's at that stage where like you know what I don't care I don't care what people are gonna say about me. I'm I'm just trying to move past this situation because and it's explained to me this way from athletes like if you sign one, then you may be committed for fifteen. 30 right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you like, draw the line, it's never just one kid because then there's another kid. Then there's a, you know, a, a, a person with your jersey on. You can't turn down a person with your jersey on. <laughs> then there's a fan. I've been a fan for 30 years. You can't start, you know, turn down a fan for 30 years. Like, and it's never ending. And now your so, five minute grocery stop has, has become 45 minutes. I'm with you. I've seen how, and I don't even talk to players about how they handle that. And some of the rules that I hear is something I would do. So I, I've had players say, I always sign for kids mm-hmm. because that's really big for them, right? That's something that could stick with them. And not only for a fan of yours, but that could keep them a fan of baseball forever. Yeah. They don't sign oftentimes for the dudes, the weirdo dudes that have the big card collection. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know they're going to sell it, right? Oh, my God. They'll either sell it or – but they're just, like, weird and awkward and – yeah, aggressive. Those guys camp. Those guys camp out. I don't know if you know this, but those guys camp out outside Hallis Hall, like every Friday during the season. I don't season, like it, man. Waiting for players to leave and seeing if they'll pull over and sign. But they're like pushing kids too. And I'm like, hey, big dog, you're 48. Like, let's not do this anymore. And <laughs> one time we were, I was in Colorado doing a game for Apple for Friday Night Baseball, and we finished the game and we're walking out of the the booth, and there are two dudes there waiting for my man uh, Chris Young to sign 
before them in the suite level. And he's just like, uh, yeah, I'll sign. Just because, like, they had us cornered and there was no security or anything like that. And he's just like, bro, how did they even get up here? To But yeah. it's those people are wild. Wild. Yeah. So, Cam, you said you've covered three Super Bowls. Yeah. Is the last one you covered the one that we were at together when it was Chiefs and 49ers in Miami? In Miami before the world shut down. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy. And maybe um yeah. Uh I was I was talking to someone just the other day and th- that was um part of that Super Bowl and they were telling me that like they had a bunch of guys sick yes. in their group at that time and were like kind of wondering what is this? What's going on? It's probably cool. Um so and the, are the other two uh I know I know you used to cover the Broncos. Yeah, so, you, so it was Broncos team Broncos uh Panthers. That was okay. in the Bay. And then I covered the uh, the other Kyle Shanahan uh, lost Super Bowl, uh, Falcons Patriots in Houston, okay. um, the twenty sixth, the year after. So it's twenty sixteen season. Um, so so yeah. what are what are some of your best memories from those experiences or interesting interviews or things you saw from those three Super Bowls? From we have the Broncos, Panthers, the the last Chiefs, 49ers. And then that Falcons Patriots, that's an epic one to have attended. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you one, I guess, one from each on my personal perspective there. Um, I would say from the Broncos Panthers game, and this has been a little bit public, but I want to give you kind of from my perspective. Um, after that game, you're doing interviews and I covered the Broncos. And so I'm on the Broncos side of things and I'm standing um, at the podium where Chris Harris is talking. I don't know how many of you guys remember Chris Harris, the slot corner, really good player, um, very vocal, very loud guy. And so I actually asked him a question um, about like their game plan for stopping Cam Newton. And he's going on about like we knew if we forced him to throw the ball, he was going to break down. Like he's talking, he's talking all type of trash. Like he won the game, he could do his thing. I didn't know until after. That's where the clip came from because literally there's like drapes that are so thin where Cam Newton's listening and he's hearing somebody talk about him and he gets up from the press conference and leaves. Right. And so Mm. that was from that sort of clip and the drapes were just so thin that like literally the Panthers were on the other side of it. Um, I'll forever remember just the, the, the celebratory nature of that Broncos team because the Panthers sort of like, you know, it's different because they were for a culture team, but sort of like the, this, this current chiefs team, there was the assumption that because they had the best quarterback, they were going to win the day. There was a, the Peyton was yeah. a skeleton of himself that year. It was they were really 15 and one, I think, weren't they during the season? Yeah, that year? Absolutely. The Panthers, he won MVP. Cam Newton did. They were incredible. They were high, high octane. They were explosive. And the Broncos sort of limped throughout the year, you know, behind this great D, but just sort of inconsistent everywhere else. If I remember right, they were like four or five point underdogs. Um, because they had lost the Super Bowl two years ago to 40, the Seahawks, where they just got destroyed. And so everybody assumed it was going to be the same. They ended up winning and they ended up writing their their uh, their own ticket. But I still remember just like how how explosive Chris Harris was post game and then just kind of seeing the aftermath of Cam Newton leaving and the reaction to all of that and just knowing like how directly correlated they were. So maybe the bridge like forever, the Broncos is going to talk about that team. Um, about their legacy. And that probably was Pete Cam Newton. Like we never saw him again mm-hmm. at the level that he was 
that year. And so it felt like the crossing of two teams there. Um, I would say for the Falcons Patriots game, um, I will remember this one from a writing perspective because I also got burnt for the 28-3 game. I had a, a, what I thought was an excellent story written about uh, Ricardo Allen, who actually, I don't know if anybody remembers this now, but he actually was the guy who got the pick six off Tom Brady. And I actually talked to him earlier this week. He had a really cool backstory about, you know, getting to this moment. And I was writing about him becoming the hero to sort of end the GOAT's reign. You know, how how naive I thought I was at this time, like right in this column of like, this is the guy to dethrone the, you know, the hero um, of this era. And so I had written it. I had a lot of colorful quotes from earlier this week. And then they started to come back. And I, I will tell you what, I don't root for much. I was rooting for something to change this comeback so I wouldn't have to redo this story. Mm. This was my naivety, my, uh, me being naive as a young reporter. I still was like like certain that the Falcons were going to get this right. And so even as they started to come back, I'm like, they're not going to blow this. They're not going to blow this. And it got right. No one would blow this. Yeah. About the four or five minute mark where I'm like, I need to start figuring out something else to write. <laughs> like this is not going to hold up. Like I, I, I promise you, I'm not starting that rewrite believing it was going to hold up. So probably about five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then at that point, the story is completely changed. I've got to mm-hmm. read this thing. And it was the most frantic story I've written. And I, I got it in by deadline within five minutes of the story ended. And it ended up being a really good story, but it was the most pressure I've ever felt from deadline. Um, and it was all caused by Tom Brady. And so that's that I will remember for that Super Bowl um, from a work perspective, too. Um, There's times, Cam, where you get in that situation and it's like, this just has to get done. This just has to get in. Like, I'm just going to not even look at the clock and just get through it. And afterward, you're just like, how did I do that? I'm going to need to read that at some point to find out what I said. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly how that was. Exactly how that was. Um, The final one, this will be less like work wise. Um, I guess I don't know if I count this as social memory, but the. Chiefs uh, 49ers Super Bowl in Miami. I remember it vividly because like because I live in Miami um, or Mm -hmm. lived in Miami at that time, too. Everybody was like, you know, I linked up with everybody that week. People wanted to be shown around the city. And so that one felt different to me Super Bowl wise. Um, But I remember walking around the concourse probably about maybe an hour before the game. And I was with a buddy and we saw um, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Um, who were both at the game um, together. And I think it was Little Blue they were holding. She was little then. She's not anymore. Um, and buddy of mine went to go take a picture of him. He shows me the phone, and there's nothing. <laughs> I kid you not. He said he takes a picture, and he said there's nothing. What do you mean? And so <laughs> there's nothing on the picture. It's just a picture of like an open walkway area. What? Uh, so, like, he assures me again. I I wasn't taking a picture. He was. He assures me that he took the picture, and somehow, it did not. They didn't capture Beyonce or Jay Z. Like they had some sort of force preventing. That them. is <laughs> and, an amazing. And, and it's just the it most showed everything else. It showed like an it empty. Showed, it showed the background. It showed the and, background. It showed you know the, the trash okay. can. It just empty. You guys are sure that you saw them? Like, did other people see them too? Oh, yes, or? we both saw them. We both saw them. Now, okay. I didn't argue for him for a while. I'm like, you sure you took the picture? Then it wasn't like three seconds <laughs> after. 
seconds after, he was like, no, dude. I definitely took the picture as they were coming by. And so That's funny. forever, that will be my memory of that Super Bowl. That's hilarious. Did Beyonce and Jay-Z make a picture disappear? Um, if there's two people that could do it. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. And so, um, yeah, that you know, very different memory than the first two. But that one is is definitely um, the one I remember for that Super Bowl. I have a photo from uh, pregame of that Super Bowl on my phone. Ah, that is a excellent photo. Look at there, handsome man and myself. Yeah, yeah. Me and Cam Wolf, just kids, just kids. Yeah. That's when you you hadn't decided if you wanted to go to the Baldy yet. No, that was Baldy. That was Baldy. That was probably just hadn't had a haircut because I've been gone for <laughs> ten days or whatever. I this is I got a, a quick one for you here, Cam. Yep. Now, one of my favorite things about this past season is that. I'd go on IG and I'd see your daughter Layla picking games. Yes. It was great, right? Yes. So yes. Streets, Streets want to know, is she uh-huh. doing a Super Bowl version? Yes. She is doing a Super Bowl version. I get back in town Friday. We'll probably do it Saturday at the house. Um, she was actually excellent until the championship uh, game series. She, she missed both of those games. Um, but she was eight and two in the playoffs up until that point. And she she's very good at it. Like I make it a point of pride that I do not tell her who to pick. Uh because people will ask me, you know, hey, are you telling her? No, I do not tell her these are Layla's picks, not Cam's picks. Like her picks, however she wants to do them. I would not have told her to pick against Patrick Mahomes, um, but she got wrong. Those are the only two games she got wrong the first two rounds, right? Um, she she did get burned because we are Eagles fans growing up, and so she picked the Eagles in the first round. And I blame that on myself because she's seen the Eagles in the house probably more than other any other team. Mm. And so she probably naturally went to that helmet there. But the rest of them, she got right. She picked the Packers to beat the Cowboys. She wow, all right. had some she had some really good picks there. Um, but yes, we will do one on Saturday. Um, she she enjoys doing it. She came up with the idea to put it on our head. And so we've been leaning into that. And um, she 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 likes the cameras. Um, yes. she needs so much. <laughs> she will, she will grab the cameras already, take huh? Pictures, take pictures of me and my wife, um, record us, record, record herself. Like she loves it all. She knows how to pose. She has her go-to poses. We say to cheese. She puts a foot behind herself and does a little pose. And, Jeez. um, yeah, she loves doing the picks too. So this will be our last pick of the season. And, uh, hopefully she doesn't pick against Mahomes. It's great, Jason. Like I, I know you're not on IG like that these days, but like I, it was, it was must see IG for me. Wake up on the weekends. Like, right, let's see what Layla done pick cooked up. Yeah. Maybe I can get get a picture to it. <laughs> What's crazy is I got friends. And I'm sure most of them thought that it was me making the picks, and I'm not. Yeah. You know, I don't typically make picks. You know, we got a little thing at NFL Network. You know, the gambling. We're not allowed to do that. But I've got friends who are heavy gamblers, and they're like, "Hey, man." What's Layla Fick, man? I gotta put this parlay in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I, I'm not, I'm not promoting Layla's Fix directive to money. You know, <laughs> like this is not what we're doing here. This is a fun thing. You're like, all right, man. And my buddies say, hey, man, I put, I put Layla's Fick in for the money line. You know, I'm feeling pretty good. And a lot of them would turn out winners for them. But that is not the intention. The intention is to include my daughter in my job and try to have like teach her about football. And in this small way, like she at this stage, she understands that it's football. 
she, but she doesn't understand the ins and outs. And so this was my way. And it's not unique. Like I've seen other people do helmet picks. So it's, I didn't create it. Um, but like the idea of us doing it, like during the regular season, we just have her pick the game I cover. And so it's my mm-hmm. way to say, hey, if I'm going out on the road, daddy is going to this city to cover these two teams. Right. But there you go. And so it's something that simple. And then in the playoffs, we expand it to being her picking all the games because it's not as many. So um, it's something we'll continue to do. And as she gets older, she'll probably maybe talk it out, maybe have some logic behind it. Now I think she just picks whatever helmet she thinks looks cooler in that that you know second frame. <laughs> it's a great way for you guys to connect over your job like she's yeah. gonna remember that forever now she might remember that in a bad way she might be pretty pissed off at you when she sees like hey dad i could have had a college fund if you've been you know where that trust that dad yeah man you down should have leaned down a 20 on all these games yeah yeah i couldn't do that with my kids my kids know the chiefs because they're on tv every super bowl practically mm-hmm. and they know about travis kelsey but i think i could make up teams and they wouldn't know really like if they said dad who are the chiefs playing the super bowl and i was like uh the uh the bellingham bulldogs They'd be like, oh, okay. Are they good? Like, I, I think you get my nine-year-old. The only thing I remember there was one time where I was like, Anna, tell me anything at all that you know about football. And she said, she literally said, quote, the linebacker is the defense, which I, it's not really a sentence sort of, but, but the linebacker is right. Clear, you it, know? Was cor- it was correct. And yeah. I was shocked because I think it was just a guess. And I was like, all right, tell me. Two things you know about football, and she's like, "That's it. That's all I got." That's it. Linebackers, defense. That's that's a, that's a heck of a. The point. linebacker is the defense. Yeah, uh, my daughter, although she does the picks, she does not enjoy that I take over the TV on Sundays when I'm, whenever I'm at home, or Mondays or Thursdays whenever I'm home watching football. And her favorite thing is no football, Layla show, Ooh. Layla Ooh. show, no wow. football. And I'm like, oh, boy. I'm like, well, yes, we're gonna watch football. Like, this is not, this is not a uh, democracy here. Um, you and your mom can go upstairs and watch whatever you want, but we're Louie and Coco Melon and all that. Yeah, yeah. Layla watched. Hey, Bluey's good. Bluey's kind of good. Yeah, on on non football days. Yeah, I've heard I've heard more adults say that exact sentence in the last two weeks. That yeah. Bluey was good. So I might have to, it's, I don't have, maybe when I'm babysitting, I'm going to turn that on. Yeah, it's seven minutes your- long and it's funny. And there's mm-hmm. always like a little bit of a wink, wink to the parents. Like just for example, Russ, there's one episode where it's New Year's Day and the parents are super hungover. Like it's, it's blatantly clear the parents are hungover and do yeah. not want to play with the kids. Like that's the whole episode. <laughs> and that's understandable, right? <laughs> Very. Kids are probably like, hey, you're tired. You know, but I've been there too. Like, I trust me. I, I'm not too <laughs> proud to mention. You know, I, you know, I'm. I feel like I'm a very good parent. But I've had days where, hey, yeah, I might have went out a little bit, a little bit hard the night before, and my my daughter's popping up in the bed at six thirty, talking about wake up. Cause she she loves to say, yeah, good morning, not good night. And I'm like, Layla, it's still good night for me. Give me like one hour. Like it's 630. At least give me to 730. Like, come on. Cam, that's what I hate about Bluey is those parents give in every time. That is sets in such an unrealistic standard for yes. parents. Because that episode, like the dad is like laying around. He's like, he can barely move. The mom just wants to eat Funyuns. And <laughs> and eventually they get they give in. And they're like, all right, kids, we'll play whale watching or whatever you want to do. Like they're always like these parents are always like hesitant at resistant at first and then drop everything to do whatever the kids want to do that's not and i'm real. like that's not how it is children no. that's not how it is no you're gonna have to sit around for at least an hour so i can i can get this out of me and, and get to you know dad mode ken wolf my guy yeah nfl network he's a man about town he he's got to go 
But it was great having you, man. Appreciate you, fellas. This was great. It's great. Thanks, Cam. Let's do the news, Russ. All right. I I have a few Super Bowl updates for you. And it's interesting that Cameron Wolf was talking about having FOMO when it comes to not covering the Super Bowl this year. Um, Because Joe Buck sounded kind of like that to me. I don't know if you saw his comments this week. Joe Buck, uh, the broadcaster, was on a radio station in St. Louis. And he predicts that there's going to be some kind of terrible event in Las Vegas this week. It was a really odd thing to say. Tell me if this sounds like sour grapes to you about not being on the broadcast team for the Super Bowl because CBS has it and he's with ESPN. He says, quote, I do not have any desire to be there. It's a lot of logistics. It's a lot of congestion. I'm not that way. I'm not looking for the Maxim party and going out all night. It's just not my thing. And then you combine that with Vegas, end quote. He predicts, quote, a big something is going to happen and that it's all going to be, quote, a big mess out in Vegas. Interesting. It's a very a bizarre big, stance. A big something is going to happen. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. So he said something, a big something that's going to happen in Vegas and won't stay in Vegas, he says. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joe, sorry. you're going to be on the broadcast team like in three years, man. ESPN's got it in a few years. Like, it's okay. Do they? Yeah. It rotates. They're going to give CBS ESPN a... ESPN, ABC, CBS and Fox. No, ESPN, ABC have a few of the ones coming up. Oh, yeah, that's new because it was just always CBS yeah. and then Fox. Okay, interesting. Uh, at Caesars Palace, this is from the New York Post, at Caesars Palace in Vegas, a better put down $100 that the Kansas City Chiefs will score only two points in the game. It would be the lowest point total anyone's ever had in the Super Bowl, and obviously you'd have to get a safety to get there. And that sounds crazy, except that on that bet, you get 10,000 to one odds. So you would win a million. Okay. I don't know what would have to happen for that to like it plausibly, how that would possibly even occur for you for the chiefs to only score two points. But if it does, somebody's winning a million bucks. And then uh, the last thing from the Super Bowl I have for you are, I was looking at odds of uh, likely, halftime uh, show appearances with Usher. And who okay. would you pick? Who would you pick as the favorite for that? Uh, Lil John. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Lil John. But he wasn't, but he wasn't. It was ludicrous. Is it at Taylor Swift? Oh, no, she's ludicrous. farther down on the list. So ludicrous at two to one. Lil John at three to one, which by the way, I just, I drove past right across the street from me is the MGM grand. And there's an advertisement that Lil John is performing there this week. Are you so like, yeah, <laughs> you should go. Okay. I, I don't know if I'm that good at it. It sounds a little rednecky sometimes when I do it, but I, <laughs> I love, a little I love doing the three Lil John words. Cause that's all he says that I know of as far as on, on the actual tracks. Uh, and uh, my family hates it. My wife and kids hate when I walk around the house doing Lil John. Yeah, Lil John was done in the streets by the time your daughters got around. So I can understand <laughs> and be like, hell's wrong with this guy. So he's three to one. I, I would have thought he's the hands down favorite, Lil John. There's no, no, I don't know what odds you could get. Well, they would on. both come out for the same song. So they should both be two to one. The, the Lil John not performing odds should be the same as the Chiefs scoring only two points odds. 
It should be that if you bet $100 on Lil Jon doesn't perform, you win a million because it's that likely. But he's three to one. Will I Am is four to one. Alicia Keys, mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj, uh, P. Diddy, and Taylor Swift are all five to one. <laughs> Diddy's not going anywhere right now. Let's right. make that very clear. Well, speaking of people that are not on the list, um, R. Kelly, you cannot get odds on that. Nor should you. Yeah. Uh, Snoop and Master P. This is this next story is really something. Did you know that Snoop Dogg and Master P launched a cereal brand? I did not. That's the problem, according to them. So Snoop and Master P have filed a lawsuit against Post Cereals and Walmart. They filed this lawsuit on Tuesday this week uh, for them uh, alleging that Post Cereals and Walmart conspired to intentionally kill off Brodus Foods Company. So here's the details of the lawsuit, according to Snoop and Master P. And I'm telling you, this is fascinating. Uh, Post Cereals tried to buy out Snoop and Master P. And if you look at some of their cereals, they look like, you know, one of them looks kind of like you know, Fruit Loops with marshmallows. Some of them are, you know, kind of, you know, not that creative. Got it. Um, so they tried to buy them out. No go. Then Post Cereals tried another tactic. This is all according to the lawsuit. This is all like not my information. Uh, they tried another tactic of saying, hey, why don't we you partner with us? We'll bring you in, Snoop and Master P. We'll bring okay. Brodus Foods Company in under the Post umbrella. We'll be partners and we'll promote and we'll help you guys get distributed at Walmart. This was in okay. July of this past year. Uh, so they did. They went for that. Within a couple months, customers at Walmart were saying they couldn't find it on the shelves. And the suit says, the lawsuit says that employees found Brodus Foods cereal hidden away in stock rooms, like not even scanned in and labeled to be sold, uh, while Walmart all along was claiming it, oh, they were sold out. It was so popular, it sold out. Snoop and Master P say then that Post uh, post Cereals and Walmart conspired to eliminate them by this method and reduce the profit that they would have gotten from the partnership by hurting their sales. I think they might have a case there. I think they have a great case if that's all true. That's that's pretty gangster by uh, Post and Walmart. Yeah, that's good day to lay down. But I don't feel like uh, Snoop is somebody that you're going to sneak something like that by on. No. And yeah, I think that's a, a case of post trying to play big bank tank, little bank. And I don't know, especially if they have proof of all this storing in the back room stuff. That's wild. That's a crazy plan of, oh, we're sold out. It's so popular. Uh, oh, but damn. then the employees are saying Sorry. they've got crates of it in the back. No, we got some right here. Walmart's response to this was, quote, uh, among other things, they said, quote, many factors affect sales. Post Serial's statement to TMZ was this, quote, we were excited to partner with Brodus Foods. We were equally disappointed that consumer demand didn't meet expectations. They like, hey, you get it back. <laughs> hey, we just heard us too, Stoop. You want to get it back in blood, Snoop. You know those... Uh, you know those claw machines, those arcade games where you control the claw and it goes down and it grabs a stuffed mm-hmm. animal and pulls it out and you never win? Like the claw in uh, Toy Story. Yeah. You know, with the aliens. Yeah. You, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Th- I don't know if you've ever gotten one of those things to work, but I never have either. Like, I've never I, I, one of those. It's, it's more rigged than Vegas. 1,000. Uh, 
This is an AP story from uh, Brisbane, Australia. A three-year-old boy had no luck trying to get one of these things out with the claw. So he went in like a scuba diver trying to get one and it got trapped inside the machine. So you walk past one of these, picture one of these claw machines and you walk past, you see them at Walmart, you see them at the mall. Uh, there's a they're kid in full, there. full of stuffed animals and a three-year-old in this case, a live three-year-old. <laughs> The uh, the Queensland PD showed that uh, showed video of this. I don't know if it's body cam video or handheld or or whatever. But um, the boy didn't look upset at all. He looked like he was where he wanted to be. Probably living his best life. Yeah, he looked perfectly happy with this. So uh, the the video was interesting. The police, the way that they got him out, which I would have thought simple enough. You got a claw right there, like you know. Just get someone that's really good. Yeah, just grab him, pick him up. Yeah, (laughs) they uh, they they told him go into one corner of this cube and face away from us and cover your eyes. And then they use some kind of device to shatter out one of the windows of it, one of the glass panels to get him out. Uh, That was when he looked. That was the only time the kid looked upset. But they told him that in the end, this kid's plan worked because the police told him he could pick a prize. That seems like a fair. It's one of those things, like but, you know, we we went kind of a, a long a roundabout way, but we got where we needed to get. If I'm yeah. a three year old, finally, Russ, uh, you you remember, uh, um, you know, if it flies, it spies. You're aware of the all of the <laughs> yes. birds aren't real government surveillance yes. theories. Yeah, uh, the Associated Press reports that a pigeon accused of espionage was released Tuesday in India after eight months in lockup. It took them eight months to determine that this pigeon was, in fact, not a spy. Police in Mumbai, India, captured this pigeon in May of last year near a port, and it had two rings tied to its legs that appeared to have Chinese writing on them. And that is what tipped them off, what triggered them to think this is some kind of spy device from China or a pigeon that has been trained to spy or has some kind of spy equipment Tracking. attached to it. Yeah. So I, I don't know why it would take eight months to solve this, but uh, they eventually determined that it was, quote, an open water racing pigeon, which I've heard of pigeon racing. I didn't know there were like all these different types of pigeon racing uh, mm-hmm. leagues or sports or types of races or whatever uh, that had escaped from Taiwan and just kind of randomly had flown to India. So with police permission, the Bombay Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals uh, set it free on Tuesday. This is the third such incident with a bird in India in the last 10 years. In 2020, Indian authorities suspected a pigeon from Pakistan of potential espionage. And in 2016, a pigeon was trapped with a note attached to it, threatening the prime minister. Okay. It makes okay. you think. It makes you think. I, I I appreciate them doing their due diligence. I think you should be careful about birds. Yeah. Obvious I'm, reasons. All right. I'm, I'm glad uh I'm glad they figured that out after eight months. And I'm eight glad months, that man. each eight months. That's a long time. I'm glad that each and every one of you listen to this week's episode of Sports Jason. Once again, we'd like to thank our, our guy Cam Wolf for dropping by out in New York, being the big TV guy over there at NFL Network, writing for NFL.com. Appreciate seeing Cam. He's always a good time we have him on. I appreciate Jason Leisure for being here, and we appreciate our good sponsors over there at 
Sheets and Giggles. Go to SheetsGiggles.com for forward slash SA. They have the mattress over there. We've been talking about it for, I think, well over a year now since the mattress was was launched. You can get the mattress at a discounted rate and not one, but two special items. So you can outfit your mattress with a sheet set. Maybe you get a couple of them. Uh, maybe you can get a sheet set and pillows, maybe the heavy throw blanket. All those fantastic goodies over at Sheets and Giggles, sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA. The promo code for that is threesome. And that's all I'm going to say. It all is. right. And we're, also, we're also brought to you by Bet. We don't set the promo codes. We don't. We don't call Colin and be like, hey, big dog, threesome's the code this week. No, we don't. <laughs> we just, he sends us a message. But if we did, though, you message. would say it like that. You I, yeah. Yeah. Promo code this week. Is three chills. <laughs> it's filthy. Oh, uh, I was about to buy that MGM. Super Bowl's coming. I think there is more money wagered on Super Bowl Sunday than any other day in the year. You can bet on any and everything. They got it over there. You can get up uh, fifteen hundred back dollars back in free betting credit if you do not win your first bet at BetMGM using our promo code adjacent one thousand. That is adjacent one thousand. I'll probably throw a couple dollars on something this weekend for football as I usually do. Uh Jason, anything before we let the fine folks go? Yeah, would you like to hear a few more odds of uh, Super Bowl performers alongside Usher? Yeah, DJ Khaled six to one. Okay, twenty one Savage eight to one. Okay. Beyonce 12 to 1. Also Jay-Z 12 to 1. Madonna. I'm not sure how she ended up on this list. I don't know if she has any past collaboration with Usher, but Madonna is 50 to 1. Okay. I think if I really have to guess, I do think he does will uh oh my god, so Will I Am would perform. I do think he's gonna do yeah, so you're gonna have Lil John yeah. and Buddha performing. Thank you. I think both of those dudes are going to be on the bill. Also, but after that, I really don't want to see people like move. Let Usher have his moment. He, he has so many. He has so many hits by himself. Oh, you! I thought you were going to throw a yeah in there. Um, yeah. Nah, it's too late. He has okay, so many hits right. by himself. I didn't know like, which of the three see, answers I was supposed to play in that one. I I want to see him just be able to shine solo. Yeah. Dolo. Yeah, this has become a thing where it's like, let's see how many people we can get in on it. And you only like, got when they did it in LA, minutes. When they did it in LA, it was great. But um, he's a great pick for this. Fantastic. I think. I'm expecting it to be an awesome show. I'm excited for you, even though I know you're probably going to be writing, to be able to watch that live. No, I will do that. This is the move when you are covering the Super Bowl is you you can always get outside the press box for that. You can kind of like just get down the stairs a little bit, sit in the upper level and watch it. And it's fun. It's cool. That's awesome. All right. We'll probably talk about that next week as well. And we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother...
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.